Hi, you're listening to Yeah, It Can't Be Good, a rewatch podcast of the sci fi original series Eureka. Let's get started. Hi, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis. Season 2, Episode 12, All That Glitters. Original air date, September 25th, 2007. A bronze statue turns gold, heralding a new danger to the town. Meanwhile, Beverly resurfaces after a stay at Guantanamo. Michael Shanks from Stargate SG-1 guest stars. Creators, Andrew Cosby and Jamie Paglia. Written by Tanya St. John. Directed by Michael Grossman. Thanks, Doug. Hi, this is Vicki, and I'm here with Doug Gramley for Season 2, Episode 12, All That Glitters. Hi, Doug. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, doing good. Good. This is another one that's not one of my favorite episodes, but it's kind of the lead-in to a really good episode. Yeah, I wasn't too fond of this episode either. There's a lot going on, but not really. It seems to be just one problem. Usually there's an A plot and a B plot, and there kind of is a B plot, but we really don't get that until the next episode. Lucas gives Zoe a bracelet that he made at the statue, and when he's giving her the bracelet, Rudolph, who apparently is the guy who cleans the statues, shoes them away. Back at GD, Nathan and Allison discuss the artifact and Kevin being attached to the artifact. And they're still not letting Carter or anybody else in on what's going on. Allison has taken the lab away from Henry and given it to Nathan. And Nathan's continuing his research on the artifact and Kevin. And you're starting to see a lot of animosity now building up between Henry and Nathan and Allison. I think even later on in the episode, Henry walks in on Nathan and Nathan says, guests are supposed to knock or something like that. And uh, Henry goes, but friends shouldn't have to. So, you know, it's it's going both ways now. Even I feel like Nathan is getting agitated with Henry because he keeps on trying to butt in. And, you know, Henry is agitated because he knows that they know something and they're just not telling him. And at this point, he thinks it's more about Kim's accident than Kevin. He doesn't really realize yeah, he, he doesn't really know the why they're keeping all this information from him. He's taking it personal. And Carter as well. Carter knows that everybody's keeping something from him. Right. Henry, Allison, their demeanor towards each other has all changed. Allison almost treats Henry like he's done something to her personally. Yeah. And he hasn't. She took the lab away from him. He doesn't know why. He doesn't know what's going on, except that he thinks that they know about some, something about Kim's accident. You know, and there's points in maybe not this episode, but yeah, there is a point in this episode when Henry says, I can help, and he can. And there's points in the next episode where he said, you could have trusted me. And they could have. I understand they're trying to, you know, separate Kevin from the artifact, but did they really think that if they told Henry that Henry wouldn't help them? Or Carter, for that matter. Yeah, I think this all ties back to Nathan and him wanting to have control and him wanting to be the one that figures this out. Yeah, I think you're right, because there's no reason that they would believe that Henry or Carter wouldn't help them, especially if it had to do with Kevin. Yeah. All of a sudden, the uh, statue, which isn't Archimedes, what is the statue? Pythagoras. Okay. Turns to gold. That causes pretty much a ruckus in town. Yeah, I don't know why that kind of bothered me that you know, this happened, and then all of a sudden it was like this big to-do, and the sheriff has to get involved. 
you know, like, I mean, eventually you see that there's a problem, but right off the bat, why does this have to be investigated? I don't know. It just seems to me the sheriff has to get involved in everything. Not that Eureka is the real world, but in the real world, the things that they make him do really don't make any sense, if you thought about it. Or the things he has to get involved in really don't make a lot of sense. I guess you have to assume it's something from GD that's making the statue turn gold, so you would think that Global would be the one investigating it, but it's Carter. Carter also confronts Allison about Henry's lab, and he's asking for Beverly's files, and he's asking for the accident files, and she tells him he has to make an official request for information. You know, and I don't know why they don't think that this is going to raise flags when all of a sudden she's telling Carter that they have to make an official request for information. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. But then Allison also tells Nathan that Kevin read her mind the night before. And, you know, they're kind of concerned that Carter's going to be able to find Beverly, and Nathan says, no, he'll never find her. And then we find out he has her locked up in his scary off-site lab. Working with the DOD. Right. Somehow he knew where she was, and he was able to get access to her. And we find out later that he turned over... And I, I don't know if it's in this episode. I might be skipping. But he turned over that um, the little disc thing that Henry gave him that Henry saw Beverly putting under or taking out of Kim's lab. Yeah. Well, in the last episode, Henry does turn over the evidence to Nathan, and he says, I'm going to trust you with it. And Nathan turns around and gives it to the DOD in exchange for Beverly. So once again, Henry's getting stomped all over, right. as he does through the whole series. Though he wants to have a party, Joe offers to chaperone... You're supposed to be going away for the weekend. With Callie, yes. On a fishing trip. Yes. I, I don't know. What teenager thinks that her father would be okay with her having a party while he's gone or a sleepover? She said she was a sleepover. Right. With guys and girls. Thank you. I say this I every episode. It just seems a little... So they write her as if she thinks she's on an even level with her father because her father gets to go away for the weekend, so she gets to have a sleepover with boys. Thank you. Nobody else agrees with me. I mean, you know, I mean, just lie about it. Right, exactly. That's the normal kid thing to do, is lie about it. Just like we were talking about when she told the other kid in the last episode, Jasper, that her father said it was okay to go away for the weekend with him, in front of him. Yep. The normal kid thing to do would be to sneak away. Right. Not to uh, assume that your father's going to say, oh, sure, you can go away for the weekend with this guy. Sure, you could have a sleepover with six boys and six girls. Right. So Joe offers to chaperone the party. When the statue turns to gold, Joe and Carter go to visit Rudolph, who was the statue cleaning guy, and he sends them to Christopher, I'm not sure how to say his name, Daculos? Daculos? Yeah, who apparently is the one who made the sculpture. Yeah, he's a complete jerk. He is. And Rudolph kind of warns them and says, you know, you're going to have to listen to five hours about how his hangnail should be in the Smithsonian. Then we're back to Nathan and Beverly. Nathan has Beverly at his lab. Like we said, Nathan negotiated with the DOD to interrogate her first. Beverly does tell him that she never meant for Kim to die. I guess she was just protecting the artifact. Carter and Joe look into Rudolph, and they go back to see him, and he is pinned under... Parts of his work shed turn to gold and collapse, so he's pinned under these under the beams, but Carter sees that his truck and the cleaning fluid, which is what Carter suspected was doing all this, weren't gold. Right. And then back at Cafe Diem, Zoe's bracelet that Lucas made her, which was blue, was now gold. Yeah, I think that happens at the sheriff's office. 
Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And I think they go back to Cafe Diem because they got a call that other things were turning gold. The coffee machine. Marco was trying to steal the coffee machine. Yes. Of course, the people of Eureka who are supposed to be better than everybody else are trying to loot Vincent's <laughs> because everything's gold. But then the statue crumbles, so they discover that the gold is not stable. Yeah. I think that's when they bring Zoe in. Or no. Uh, yeah, they bring Zoe in, but not for that. They're, they're talking about... She's trying to explain to her dad how her boyfriend's a good guy, and he, he even got her a bracelet, and then she shows him the bracelet, and I think Carter says something to the effect of, you know, that seems really expensive for a teenager to buy or something, and she goes, well, it wasn't gold before. That's when they kind of figured out that this might have something to do with it, because she mentioned that he gave her this bracelet at the statue. So, yeah, so they put two bring, and two together. So they bring the boyfriend in to question him, which seems like, you know, an interrogation, and Zoe's all because she thinks her dad's doing this on purpose. Yeah, well, the timing isn't the best. And then he admits to getting the scrap metal from the artist. His so, class, right. So then that's how they go back to the, the artist now. And I guess he says he cleaned it with hydrochloric acid, and I guess that must have caused the whole reaction to start. And then we find out that this artist is an alchemist. Yeah, so yeah, he admits to doing some tests with metal or something, but it wasn't his fault that everything started turning to gold. Yeah, but alchemy is illegal. So even though it wasn't his fault, he's an alchemist. I mean, that's what I got out of it. No, it wasn't his fault, but he's an alchemist, and that's illegal. There's a lot of things going on in that town that's illegal. Right. So when they tell this Chris guy everything that's been happening and how everything's now disintegrating, he says this is called the alchemist curse. Right. It was a curse that was made for people who try to make gold out of metal, and he names a bunch of old civilizations yeah, that were destroyed. He, yeah. yeah. He says that they need a genius of unnatural kind to fix the curse. So we all know what that's going to mean, although it takes a while to get there. And unfortunately, Nathan's the one who shows up, but he's obviously not the genius of unnatural kind. Right, and they have a history together. Like, everybody that has a problem or or is the cause of an issue, they all have had a run-in with Nathan. With Nathan, or, right. And this guy's no different. In the meantime, Henry overhears a conversation between Kevin and Nathan. And this is the part, I think, where you were talking about earlier when Henry knows from overhearing Kevin's and Nathan's conversation, he knows somebody's locked in that room and he thinks it's Beverly. And this is the part where you said Nathan says, guests knock and... Henry says friends don't normally care. They get Henry and they look around Chris's lab for the curse or any kind of information. And Henry recognizes an equation in the alchemist's lab from Kim's lab. And this part I really don't understand what the connection is. This equation helps Henry figure out something about what they're up to with the artifact. But I don't really know why. I don't really understand the connection between the alchemist's lab and the artifact. I don't think there's, like, a direct connection there. I think it's just more of a coincidence, maybe. It's got to be, because it doesn't make any sense. You know, Henry sees this equation in the alchemist's lab, and he applies it to what's going on with the artifact. I mean, unless I'm missing something huge, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. Yeah, I think it, it's happened for a reason. Yeah. But maybe it's just to show how powerful the artifact is. Maybe. He's almost able to place these clues in front of people for issues that are coming up. I guess, because that part never made any sense to me at all. And apparently, it's not just me then. I always thought I was missing something really big, but if it doesn't make sense to you either, then... Yeah, no, I think it's just like the equation that they find. The artifact just has 
more or less the answers for everything is how I'm, how I'm figuring it out. So global, because it's turning to gold and then the gold is disintegrating, it begins to collapse. They thought it was safe, Fargo says, because the beams are enclosed in cement, but apparently it wasn't safe. In the meantime, Henry breaks Beverly out of uh, Nathan's lab, and she explains that they're trying to separate Kevin, because Henry, up to this point, didn't know what they were trying to do. The artifact is capable of human interface. Carl Carlson proved that. And now it's connected to someone else, and you know who it is. Kevin. Yes. He's the receiver now. He's connected to the Akashic field. All the collective knowledge of the universe. It's a real Henry. And that kind of energy cannot be contained for long. It could kill him. Now he knows it involves Kevin. While they're trying to find a solution, Fargo gets stuck in Section 4. Henry kind of remembers the alchemists. See, this is all confusing to me. Fargo gets trapped, and Kevin, that's it, Fargo gets trapped, and they're trying to find a cure to fix the beams and to make the gold stable again or make the gold metal again. And Allison comes in with a piece of paper and says that Kevin is obsessed with this and he wanted to make sure Nathan had it. And it was... The last part of the equation. Yeah, I think he said he got like 99% done, but he couldn't figure out the last percent. So he was the genius of the unnatural kind, which we kind of figured that was going to happen. Since Kevin was in the episode, otherwise, if he wasn't in the episode, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But, you know, you see Kevin and you know they're going to use him for something like that. So the cure works. Carter and Kelly go back to the party. Joe and Zane are in the closet. Henry calls Carter and says that the metal-eating bacteria is now attacking humans, and he shows him a skeleton. I think now he's telling Carter that the bacteria virus now has mutated again. And is now... Right. Sure, why wouldn't he? I mean, it's Henry. I think it's a little messed up that he uses Carter. Yeah, I know. Like, takes advantage. Right, he does. He takes advantage. But he can't get Nathan or Allison to listen to him, so he has to go to extreme measures. It is kind of messed up he takes advantage of Carter, but what else could he do? Everybody sit in a room and just talk. They won't, though. That's the thing. They won't. Allison and Nathan, they're the ones that are doing whatever they're doing in secret, but they seem to have an attitude with everybody else around them, like somebody's doing something to them. Allison, she's the head of GD, and she's let Nathan push her into the corner. I feel like she should have maybe formed a committee or something. But she (laughs) would You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. (laughs) <laughs> and they all could have, you know, sat around and talked about it and taken notes and stuff. And they would have ended up doing just what Nathan wanted anyway. Right. But she did not do that, so... Poor Henry now is the bad guy because he broke Beverly out of her cell and he's now forcing their hand. He's more or less shutting down GD. Which is what he's trying to do. Because he wants to get, which is in the next episode, but he wants to get in that bunker. But before all this happens, Nathan finds something, and he's close to being able to separate Kevin with whatever angle he's working on. Henry shows up in Allison's office with Beverly, and the code red level security breach happens, and the bunker drops, and Carter and Nathan are left outside in the lobby with a red level security breach and a biohazard problem, because they don't know it's not a biohazard. Well, I 
think Nathan might. He kind of gave Carter this look like, I can't believe you believe that. He thinks Henry had something to do with it, but he does believe it's an actual biohazard. So pretty much we're at the end of this episode, unless we skipped over things you wanted to talk about. No, I would think we got everything. Everything turned to gold. Everything turned back. But I think that's everything. Okay. So we'll be taking a week off for the holiday, and we'll see you back here on January 2nd for episode 13, the finale of season two. We got here fast. That's a night at Global Dynamics. That's right. And that's a really good episode, a lot of stuff going on. So we'll be back on January 2nd with the season finale. Happy holidays. See you later. All right, have a good one. You too. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Come back next time for season two, episode 13. This is a hard one. A night. A night. At. Uh, at. Global. Global. Dynamics. Dynamics. Bye now. Perfect. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At Facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.